Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! So, Car Carlos has joined us. Thank you so much for, for, uh, for being here, my friend. It's great to see you again. Hey man, thanks for having me. I'm always happy to answer the call when you make it. So, yeah, you flash that bat signal in the sky, and I'll uh, be here with bells on. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's uh, I always uh, I'm always happy to reach out to you because I know that you'll uh, you know you're pretty much game for whatever. Uh, I know this story wasn't. Uh, uh, I don't think it was, it wasn't one you picked. I picked it, <laughs> but uh, something that, that I thought you'd still enjoy. Um, so today, as I pull my notes up again, I'm super prepared for today's episode. I apologize, friends. Uh, <laughs> we are talking, what if Flash Thompson became Spider-Man, which was released in October, 2018, written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Diego Olortega guy. That's totally wrong, Diego. I apologize. Uh, inked by Walden Wong, colored by Chris O'Halloran, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Um, so, of course, Flash Thompson's in the title. So I immediately thought of you because you're always going on and on about your boy, Flash Thompson. <laughs> I know, man. I, I'm honored. I'm, uh, you know, I, I kind of dig being your go-to for anytime Flash Thompson comes up as uh, <laughs> a topic for an episode. <laughs> Um, I, I gotta say though, I, I was nervous to, to suggest this to you because this is not, uh, from what I, what I'm guessing, at least this isn't your typical Flash Thompson. This is more of the, uh, the Flash Thompson as he was written by Stan Lee back in the day, as opposed to who Flash became, you know, obviously Venom, he, he was a you know veteran, a war hero and then Venom, um, well, I think you have to be a war hero before you're a veteran, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know words and how they work. Uh, but uh, so I was, I was nervous. You'd be like, "Well, this isn't the Flash I like." But uh, you know, uh, but if I'm wrong, you know, go ahead and go ahead and tell me. But uh, I'm curious what you thought of the story. Yeah, you know what? Overall, I liked it. I, I to just kind of piggyback on what you were saying there, as the book opened and you. you hear the narrator kind of talking about military service and all this kind of stuff i was like oh dope we get that kind of post service flash thompson who's been through some stuff and i'm super fascinated to see um where they pick up his story because I, I think that's the most interesting version of flash when he comes to terms with uh all the things in his life as a result of coming out of uh, armed conflict wounded uh but then mm -hmm. you very quickly learn that that's nick fury and i was like oh shoot okay well nick fury is the serviceman <laughs> who was giving us the narration let's see where this one goes but uh yeah overall yeah. i liked it i um i kind of questioned a few of the things that they did but i dug it and i i kind of almost felt myself wanting more at by the time it came to a close because i was like well there's enough meat on this bone for a couple issues or a longer a longer format story but um we, we kind of meet flash uh 
sit with him for a minute, and then we lose Flash all, all in the course <laughs> of one 22-page uh, issue. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I thought about that, too. Um, you know, as I've said throughout the this What If series that we've been doing, um, that's sort of the, the blessing and the curse of the, of the What Ifs is that most of the time they're one and dones. And a good chunk of the time, I, you know, I want to you know, sometimes I want to sit with them a little bit longer and be like, you know, I wonder if, if this, you know, because technically this is out there in the multiverse somewhere, you know, maybe we'll find Flash Thompson in the background of Beyond the Spider-Verse. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, dope costume, so. I thought exactly that too, yeah. And it made me think of when we did our um, Spider-Man episode, uh, you know, uh, uh, not too long ago. It feels like a long time ago, but... Um, but where, you know, Peter meets Miles and he just is straight up like, you know, that's not cool that you get you, you're Spider-Man and you have a better costume than I do. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought, I wonder if 616 Peter met this Flash, if he would, if this Spider-Man, if he would think the same thing, like, like, man, like how do, how do these variants keep getting better costumes than me or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, his look was dope. I, I really liked how they kind of hinted at the whole uh, Agent Venom type spider on there, but kept it very traditional OG yeah. Spider-Man as well. Like they mm-hmm. struck a nice balance with it. Um, going back to what you said before about the um, uh, Nick Fury being the narrator, a couple things I, I found interesting about that. One was that I completely forgot this was like the time frame where Nick Fury was the Watcher for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so this was after. Um, uh, what was that story? Uh, Original Sin, um, where he kills the Watcher and and then becomes the Watcher at some point. Um, which Nick Fury is, it can to me at least sometimes be a little bit of an annoying character in the sense that it's a little bit how Scott Snyder would write Batman. That Batman can like do anything, and it's a little like, and sure, it's comics, it's fun, but every now and then it's a little bit like okay, like, you know, I'm having a hard time buying the stakes if, like, this guy's perfect at everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought the same thing when I, because I'd been a while since I'd read it. So I was going through it, and it was like, you know, when I was in the Army, you know, my, <clears throat> you know, the drill, the drill sergeant said this, and I was like, and I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. I guess Flash is looking in on this universe, or it's a dream or something. I don't know. And then when it was Nick Fury, I was like, oh, well, that makes more sense, I suppose. Um, but I would like to, but that would be cool to have 616 Flash and this Flash meet, I think, because I think it could be a very like inspiring thing for this Flash to look at what he could become and ultimately does the right thing in the end of the story. Uh, but again, it was like, I I applaud that. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but I want to know what happens next. Like, you know, does he get out of jail? Does he, does, you know, does the jury find him not guilty or maybe they just let him go? I don't know. Or he escapes, who knows? Uh, but it, like I said, it's it's the blessing and the curse of these what ifs, right? Yeah, they're just so concise and they kind of have to pick a spot and, and run with it. And even more so this one where you're introducing a new character, quote unquote, um, sure. and you try to go through his whole lore and then catch him at a, a flashpoint because they kind of set it up as though flash has had somewhat of a career as spider-man mm-hmm. whereas with like a lot of the what ifs it's like everything you know that preceded this moment is the same 
but mm -hmm. this one moment changes type of thing. Um, so this one had a lot of catch up and like there was a few times where it's like, well, they show Flash as being that kind of arrogant, egotistical guy that um, Stan Lee wrote him as, mm -hmm. but then he's living in a trailer park and it's like, well, Spider-Man was the gateway for anybody to have fame and fortune. Um, mm -hmm. Had Uncle Ben not fallen prey to a uh, to a robber there. So it's like, well, if that's the version of Flash you're going with, wouldn't Flash have monetized his role as Spider-Man <laughs> to a better degree? Like, I thought it was just kind of weird, like some of the decisions that they took with this. Um, I, I really liked that th his turmoil about the perception and his ego was kind of the, the thing that drove so much of what he did. Yeah. Um, and kind of was his downfall as well with just wanting to be seen as a hero. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting quagmire that I think they could have resolved had they had more time to play with this character and like a, a longer runway to to write something. And like you almost think like to kind of go back to what you were saying, like if they had six issues, it would be super cool to like establish the character, have people uh, embrace this version and the journey that he goes on. And then, yeah, to have like the 616 Flash Thompson come in, who's had a completely different journey, but also goes through a massive self-realization. And that would have been dope and to have Spider-Man team up with Venom, but both guys under the hoods are, the exact same person it'd be neat you know it's it's one of those things that you know with some of the what ifs um you know that's where a lot of the spider people came from with um <clears throat> like when they did when dan slot did the first like spider verse event you know uh mm -hmm. like like mayday parker and and all that um I mean, even technically speaking, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man being, you know, the, the Miles at this point is a little bit of a, <clears throat> not necessarily a what if, but, um, but, but sort of, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's the, you know, I'm <laughs> talking out of my butt here, I think. But anyway, <laughs> um, but this, well, yeah. this yeah. That, that whole series was just the <laughs> kind of what if our continuity wasn't so unruly and huge <laughs> there you go you 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 worded it way better than i could have <laughs> um and and i like the idea that uh you know the the fun about the, the these spider-man things is how especially when it's a different character as spider-man not peter parker i i like how they all you know they all have their version of a great power and great responsibility Whereas Flash, you know, took that responsibility very seriously right from the get-go. Like, sure, he tried to, like, you know, do, like, you know, make some money and stuff. But when the guy was, like, running, the, you know, the, the, the robber runs, tries to run past him, he stops him immediately, you know, which mm -hmm. Peter didn't do. And, you know, I think, and it's funny because I almost, I, I think about, like, I'd love to see how Peter would react to the stories of some of these people if he, if he would kind of, kick himself and go, that's what I should have done. Or I can't believe flash of all people did that, you know? <laughs> um, it's um, so that, that to me was, was very, very interesting. Cause you know, it, it and that's also the, a sign of a, a really well-written. What if is the characters do something a little different, right? You know, they're not, this isn't just Peter Parker or this isn't just Peter Parker by, 
way of Flash Thompson. This is if, what if Flash Thompson was Spider-Man? And it totally, uh, and I think it totally tracks, um, at least like like we were talking about, it, at that point in his life, if he'd gotten powers, how, you know, how different would he be without an actual Spider-Man to, um, to inspire him the way Spider-Man did as, you know, now he's this, he's Spider-Man. Is he inspiring people or is he just a bully by a, a different name almost, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And it was, it was cool to see that because he stops the robber there, then Uncle Ben is alive for the rest of the story and they kind of right. play on, on the fact that he's around, but yeah, no, you're totally right where it's it's kind of cool that they actually put some thought into this. This is a different person. This is not Peter Parker who finds himself in the exact same circumstance. Mm -hmm. And they do something different from that legendary origin story of Spider-Man. And, um, uh, and they kind of build on it a little bit and then they mm -hmm. kind of walk it back. And yeah, it, it's a blessing and curse of the what if format you know it's it's interesting because i you know i i really dig these types of stories because we get to we get to see these characters and you know obviously not just flash but we get to see how this affects how this how this different turn of events has affected peter how it affects um j jonah jameson right you know it just it to me it's uh, and again, it's it's fascinating that here's a, a tougher Spider-Man, a guy who's not afraid to kind of break bones and stuff. And J Jameson is kind of a fan, you know. <laughs> so yeah. It's uh, you know, so there's there's strike two for Peter. You know, he, if he were to see this universe, he'd go, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see how J they spun JJ to be a bit of his advocate. Because mm -hmm. he just liked the way that he did business and that he was, yeah, a little bit more JJ style of superhero. Yeah. Um, which is funny to me because I, you know, Marvel comics, I think in general, uh, with when it comes to Spider Man, at least, uh, you know, and I've said this many times in the show that I've always felt like Spider Man is very much in his own corner of the universe because I feel like a character like J. Jonah Jameson. Is slightly hypocritical in that he he loves like he he doesn't mind the avengers but he hates spider-man you know <laughs> um you, you know you, you know what i mean well yeah well that's always been my issue with like kind of the some of the mindsets in marvel where it's like everybody loves the avengers and thinks that they're the greatest thing ever however we fear and detest the x-men because they're mutants but it's like kind of aren't they the same thing like super powered beings yeah. walking among us <laughs> i i thought that for years which is why i've always felt like the x-men movies were smart to just be x-men movies you know just mm -hmm. and not have to worry about the the wider marvel universe because i wonder how marvel would is going to incorporate that when they start doing you know their x-men stories probably sooner rather than later based on you know how the the marvels ended and all these rumors and Deadpool coming up, of course. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, it, I've always said that the X-Men are going to come when they're, uh, the X-Men were kind of behind that piece of glass that says in case of emergency break glass. And, um, <laughs> uh, I think they're there now. So, <laughs> uh, it's, that's safe to say. Um, 
And I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, but I also have this feeling with, with Marvel where I get, I get a little annoyed where they, as much as I'm excited to see Hugh Jackman again as Wolverine, there's a part of me that's a little bit like, you know, there's other actors out there and, you know, they can play Wolverine, you know, I, I, I don't know who necessarily I, I, um, as I don't, the, one of the popular fan casts is Daniel Radcliffe, and I don't necessarily see him as the part. And I think he kind of joked about it. He's like, just because I'm short doesn't mean I'd be good as Wolverine. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I hear you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, it just it, that gets a, it just it gets a little old sometimes, which is why I was happy like, seeing you know like uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, they actually went with John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards, although apparently they're not going to go with him for the movie, which is a little strange. But whatever, you know, because <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, it's it's going to be Mr. Fantastic. It's going to be young Gruffold. And when it wasn't him, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's incredible. They actually were like, oh, hey, another actor can play a role. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I th I also am kind of on the same page where it's like, ah, you had the perfect opportunity to start everything with a blank slate and. I think they would have been better served long term to forego that Deadpool three money and just start a fresh, new, and exciting X Men universe and mm -hmm. just kind of go from there. But now you got to deal with the baggage. Well, I mean, it's I, I'm going to be there opening night, so <laughs> how much can I really complain here? You know, but uh, there is a, a little bit of me like. For example, you know, at least as of this recording today, we found out that Jonathan Majors has been officially charged and has been dropped from Marvel, which, you know, on the one hand, good justice has been served. Um, but on the other hand, there's rumors of Marvel just being like, oh, we're going to drop Kang altogether. And it's like, there's other actors that can play this this character. That's oh, so yeah. strange. One, it's not like he put a stamp on it because he played different versions of them throughout and i'd argue that we haven't seen like kang the conqueror quote unquote yet so yes um yeah just parachute somebody else in and like they it was baked into the cake to have different actors and you know not all the variants necessarily have to look the same i think is their rule some of them do some of them don't so yeah yeah, yeah I mean, weird, look, man. like uh like spider-man you know <laughs> You know, yep. no, no hesitation to recast a Spider-Man, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and, and in your own universe, you've had three different guys playing Peter Parker at the same time. So. Exactly, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but all that to say, you know, <laughs> um, it's, you know, this, the, but getting back to the, the story, it, what, what excites me about something like this is, um, you know, like we were talking about that there's, there's care that gets put into the story. You know, the costume is different. Um, he doesn't have web shooters, which makes total sense. Um, and and he's but he's he still feels like Flash Thompson of that era. He's kind of, uh, you know, not friends with Peter Parker. Right. He's um, just kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, I guess he's kind of a deadbeat like his dad was. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, living in a trailer and uh, and he kind of expects the world to worship him because he's Spider-Man, even though nobody knows he's Spider-Man, but it's, it's stuff like that where I was reading this going, I, I really dig this as like a time capsule of who this character was and is in this story. Cause I think that's fitting, but I also, 
but it also strangely makes me long for the the, the Venom series and, and who he became because, you know, that character, because, you know, who doesn't love a good redemption story? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, totally. And they took so much time and care to build that thing up, which is why I fell in love with him and why he's my absolute favorite version of Venom. Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, there was... It was just done so meticulously in, in so many layers. And the fact that they built Flash as a real character first yeah. and then put the superheroic stuff on top of it, I thought mm-hmm. was really inspired i i think my favorite version of flash in in like media outside of comic books is uh from the spectacular spider-man cartoon um i i liked that you know there's there's a really good you've seen it right oh yeah absolutely okay Okay. yeah um so there's a really good bit where when peter's infected with the symbiote and he's being a jerk and flash is the one that calls him out and says Mm -hmm. like your friends are trying to be there for you and you're being a jerk and he's like, wait, are you being nice to me? And he's like, you tell anyone I'll beat you up or something like that. <laughs> and it was stuff like that where I was like, see, I think that's where, you know, great, you know, these, you know, these characters can go from one dimensional. He's he's Peter's bully into something more interesting where like he's he, like any human being. He's complicated. He has thoughts and feelings and he's not just this one note, whatever. Um, and it, but I do love the, the idea of. Flash being like the biggest Spider-Man fan in the world, and yet he can't stand Peter Parker. That I think that's always been kind of a fun twist on the character. Yeah, no, for sure, and like that they explore where his bullying comes from, and you mm-hmm. know that it all stems from how his dad used to treat him, and that was his way of kind of passing it on, so to speak. And Peter right. just happened to be the the recipient of that. It's all great stuff. When mm-hmm. that's what makes Flash such a interesting character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 you know, same with, uh, with Peter, you know, in this story, when he, he figures out pretty quickly that Flash is Spider-Man and, and he kind of has no respect for him. He's like, I can't believe you have these powers. Like you, you shouldn't have them. And, and it's, and that to me is true of, um, of Peter at the time too, because Peter was very selfish. You know, people tend to forget when he was first introduced, you know, like the first, First story with him, he is, um, you know, trying to make money as Spider-Man. He doesn't sit, doesn't stop the robber. Um, and then, and then the next time we see him, he's like, "Hey, Fantastic Four, I'm great. You should let me in." <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's true. Mackin on Sue Storm. <laughs> well, you know, if you know, if Jessica, if Jessica Alba was in front of me, I, I wouldn't hesitate either. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, or you know. Or I guess Kate Mara, if you want to include her, sure. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I forgot she played her. Yeah, <laughs> I almost forgot too. I, you know, and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, the movie exists. Ugh. What, a, <laughs> what a strange time in our lives that we were all subjected to that thing. <laughs> yeah, fan four stick. What a what an in, ill-conceived project. <laughs> um, I still maintain that I thought the thing looked cool in it, though. At least there was that. Yeah, he did look cool. I think that they, they had like the potential to do something with it had they actually sat down and planned the thing out and uh or you know actually read the Fantastic Four comic books. There's an idea. <laughs> well, there's that too. There's that too. Yeah. Um but regardless, you know, um so th- this idea of of uh, a flash having great power and great responsibility 
I like that he, you know, what I really found compelling about this story was, you know, there's the little kid is afraid of him. It reminded me a little bit of like the Ben Affleck Daredevil, you know, because he's like, he's like, kid, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy. Why are you scared of me? You know? Yeah. And he genuinely doesn't understand. Um, and I think that that, that says a lot about, uh, you know, just the character as he was like, you know, I, I've always been the hero. I was, I was the most popular guy in school. I was head of the football team, you know, and, and it's just, just, so he thinks that's going to just translate to his real life. When you think about it, it's like, you know, we, we, I know I was a little bit like this when you're in high school, you feel like you're in this bubble, like you're, I don't know, not that everything revolves around you, but everything revolves around what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as you leave high school, it's like, nobody cares, you know, like you get, <laughs> you know, nobody cares how many touchdowns you had, you know, and funny, funny thing. I, I didn't even realize until I was older. It's like, nobody even really cares what grades you got, you know? <laughs> nope. Nope. Nobody cares what school you went to. That's high school or university. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the quality of your character is what, is what, uh, speaks is, is what uh, defines you, and and I felt Flash not understanding that having kind of a, an arrested development because it doesn't say how long it's been since he was bitten, and I, I don't think it does at least uh, how long it's been since he was bitten, and now the story goes on. You know, I think it's implied that it's like a year or two. I don't remember if they said for sure. Yeah, um, it seemed like he had a bit of tenure because like they they went through like a bit of a flashback for a whole pile of villains that he had dispatched. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, and I like that uh, he had the, the kind of normal rogues gallery, except that doc Ock was the master planner. And he's just like, you know, I, you know, I beat you once before I'll beat you again. And just, you know, um, I don't know. It, th that aspect of it was just, was a lot of fun to me because you know, how does Peter handle his rogues versus how does Flash deal with them? And Flash is just like, I'm just going to kick your ass. I don't care. You know, whereas like Peter likes to, you know, like like a spider, likes to play with them a little bit, you know, but Flash is more aggressive and it's just like, I'll just I'll just kill you. I don't care. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, And that kind of seems what a guy like Flash would do, right? Like those mm -hmm. would be kind of the the skills and the lessons and the mechanisms that he would have based on what we know from like the 616 version of Flash's upbringing and all the mm -hmm. baggage that he hid behind the facade of being kind of the football hero and the bully. Um, if he got spider powers, that, that would be the type of hero that he would be and, you know, like that he becomes Spider-Man um, also speaks to this guy's attempt to try and rise above all that, but mm -hmm. maybe not having the uh, the academic skills that Peter had, and then obviously the life lessons that May and Ben imparted onto him. Yeah, and and I think what's what works about the story is I think it would have been really easy to just turn him into just maybe not even an evil Spider-Man, but a more villainous Spider-Man. So it's much more interesting that he still wants to be the good guy. He wants to be the hero. Um, it's just that when Peter tries to be the hero, Peter does it 
very selflessly and he's doing it very selfishly, which is, uh, I think, really uh, a really fascinating look at it. And again, it's why I think that this story is really well written, because it's um, it's it's not just, you know, Flash just being a jackass and guilt and, you know, doing whatever he wants with his powers. He's like, no, I'm, I'll be the good guy. I'll save everyone. And when they but at the same time, there's a little bit of like Trumpness to it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. but. I did the I did the right thing. Why aren't you praising me for it when it's like, you know, you should do the right thing because you you should do the right thing, not because you should expect adulation from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and then that his frustration is kind of the catalyst for his downfall. Yeah. And that he's kind of chasing that hero worship and, um, you, you know, he's got these uh, unhealthy perspectives on the outside world that then you know when that frustration kind of bubbles up and it's peter parker of all people who's calling him out and asking for his help that he makes the fatal flaw that the whole story kind of turns on and and i like that 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 happens kind of mid-story too you know that it it it's it not how the story begins it's not how the story ends because it's it's not interesting that he kills peter it's interesting how he handles it and that to me was far more, you know, like I said, just far more interesting than if he had just killed Peter and been like, you know, I can't handle this responsibility. Take me to jail or just gone on a killing spree or whatever, um, because he feels bad about it. He, he, but he's so wrapped up in his own, uh, like you said, his own frustrations and his own, uh, you know, just superiority complex or whatever um, that he can't. He, he can't rationalize it. He's like, no, 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 I'm the good guy. Like Peter made me do this. Right. And it's just so it, it's heartbreaking for me as a reader going, Oh, flash, you know, like, you, you know, you're, you're that close to greatness. You just, you know, you're just, you're in your own way. And which is such a, such a thing to say, but it's true. Isn't it? Like, what a weird sentence. You're in your own way, but you know, of a cop comic expression, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they put you in a position where you were kind of rooting for this guy to, you know, rise above, above it all. And like you alluded, he was so close to getting it all together and being a bonafide hero, which in turn would have given him all those things that he wanted. But yet, um, he just is just his ego really gets the best better of him mm -hmm. uh, i i really like um that that peter still plays a, a a role in it too you know that um it's and it's not just a quick cameo like he's taking picture he's taking pictures for the bugle or whatever um i i like that you know this this does feel like if stanley had had a different muse back in 62 right maybe this would be how the story would go um you know, slightly, of course, but, um, but it, that all feels, um, and, and again, what some of the best what ifs do where it's, if you're going to do something radically different, if you're going to say, okay, well, it's not Peter that becomes Spider-Man, it's Flash Thompson. Well, then that ripple effect is going to change, you know, a lot of things, maybe not everything, but a lot of things. And the great thing about that is understanding, okay, so Let's say some of the beats are similar. There's the robber. There's, you know, there's a costume. There's um, great power and great responsibility. But it's far more interesting to uh, 
to just have the story be right of center as opposed to just like, oh, Flash gets bit and then he suddenly like, then his dad dies and he goes, I have to be, uh, you know, great power comes great responsibility. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, that, that would just be boring if we were just reading Flash Thompson as Spider-Man, but uh, everything's the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it was cool that they didn't just reskin Peter Parker uh, with Flash Thompson and that Peter was still the same character, like that yeah. he still works for the Bugle, that he still makes um, a living or at least tries to help out with the household bills by taking pictures of Spider-Man. Like mm -hmm. that stuff's all really cool. Yeah. And uh, because it, it wouldn't make any sense if it was Flash doing it because, you know, what, what interest does he have in photography? Whereas like it, it makes sense that Peter would still get the job and Peter would still, for the most part, is is pretty much the same guy, you know, trying to go out there and uh, make and make some money. You know, like I said, a little bit of selfishness there, but he's doing it to help his family, which is what he was always wanting to do. He wanted to help his aunt and uncle because they were older and, you know, had a hard time keeping up with uh, bills and stuff. And I like that um, that that remains true here because, again, you know, the story could have easily just been poorly written and had just P Peter's the bully, you know, because Flash is dumb and Peter's smart, you know. Oh, it's, totally. It's it's way better to be like, no, 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 everybody's the same. It's just the circumstances have completely changed. Therefore, the story is going to be completely different. Um, and, you know, and that's, and like I said, the best what ifs do that. They, they really take the, the characters and stay true to them. Um, because otherwise we just read the regular comics, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, it, what if part of the reason for it is to keep things fresh and to tell a unique and interesting story. So if you're just going to be reskinning the thing and plunking a new character into it without putting too much thought into those um, ripple effects, like you mentioned, what's the point? So, right. And I think, and, and I think it's it you know it, it does make for a, an interesting story because you know and I've said this a bunch of times that the the way Marvel does their quote unquote like multiverse is so radically different from the way DC does the multiverse right you know because DC is like isn't just like hey what if you know um, you know what if Dick Grayson you know stayed Robin or stayed Batman or something it's it's like what if Dick Grayson was born in the 1800s and fought in the civil war as nightwing you know? um or what it or you know what if superman crash landed in soviet russia you know it's just uh whereas like marvel's like well we don't want to go crazy let's just say you know what if flash got bitten by the spire instead of peter and and neither approach is wrong but it it's it's so interesting to me the how vastly different they are and and again the the what if elseworld stuff tends to be some of my favorite stories because you know the, the rules are out the window you know like Pe yeah. peter parker dies in the story and like dies for real not like otto octavius takes over his brain kind of a thing you know <laughs> like you know he's 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 you know he's jacob marley dead in this one <laughs> yeah yeah and, and like what a shocking moment too where he dies and he dies because our our hero who loses his temper for a moment but mm -hmm. he has spider powers and that uh, causes some catastrophic damage. It, you know, it's it's so interesting because I think 
I, you know, I might be wrong here, but Marvel is, you know, I, you know, I know I'm not wrong when I say this. Marvel is, I feel, annoyingly inconsistent on just how powerful Spider-Man is. Because um, in some cases, he can go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. And in other cases, it's like he, you know, he has a hard time against, you know, regular humans. And I'm a little bit like, well, what's what's the what's the upper limit here? What's the lower limit? Um I think the same thing about Batman Beyond too. To be honest with you, there's episodes of Batman Beyond where I'm a little bit like, like okay, like, but the Joker is just a regular human. And he's beating the crap out of him. Versus in this other episode, Batman is being thrown through walls. And I know he's got like the suit gives him a little extra strength, but it's like, what? but shouldn't the Joker not be able to hurt him then, since he just got thrown through a brick wall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those I guess for dramatic effect, if anything. But yeah, sure. who knows? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's just one of those things you just have to kind of suspend your disbelief, I suppose. And I'm always about the emotional reality, but every now and then that uh, that the, the physics of it does <laughs> does bug me just a little bit, um, you know. And I will admit to, you know, every now and then when I have my own version of, you know, uh, let's just say the green Mary Jane, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'll get a little hung up on that, and I'll be like. But I'll be like, but wait, like, in, you know, as I said this on Twitter not too long ago, I was like, I was like, yo, I love it, but we got to admit that Spider-Man No Way Home makes, the plot makes no friggin' sense whatsoever. It is, it is two and a half hours of fan service. Now I'm the fan and I'm being serviced and I love it, but, you know, rewatching it one night, I was just like, this movie doesn't make any sense. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, you know, I guess you were just supposed to go, oh, it's magic. Whoa. But. It's a little bit like, yeah, but that doesn't really track, you know, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, like, or the grand cliffhanger off of Far From Home being resolved with Matt Murdock being like, well, I did some stuff. It's like, oh, you're <laughs> like a independent health kitchen lawyer. Like, what exactly did you do? <laughs> he's, he, he's a really good lawyer, Carlos. He says it. I mean, like, I don't know what else you want from them, but. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but. But then again, he does. But then he also lawyers in L.A. sometimes, apparently, with uh, in She-Hulk. So. Well, yeah, I guess what, what, whatever it takes. Uh, yeah, because that would be a whole different you know, law license to have. <laughs> You'd have to have a California state license. But again, it's it's fiction. It's supposed to be fun. You know, you don't want to read too much into it. But also sometimes maybe we need to because maybe they aren't. And it's pissing me off just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, whatever. It's it's all good. it's all in good fun. And uh, and Charlie Cox is still dare, Daredevil again. Marvel just being hung up on these actors. But then again, it's also like I don't I don't think I want anyone else as Daredevil right now. <laughs> no, it's true. He set a pretty high bar. So and if he's of age to do it, you're gonna have a hard time convincing people why he shouldn't be uh, in your new projects. Well, they they had a hard time convincing me that they they shouldn't have kept Andrew Garfield when they went from amazing Spider-Man to MCU Spider-Man, but I ended up really liking Tom Holland and, you know, um, Mark Ruffalo to an extent. So, you know, in the same kind of vein, but what, you know, all that to say it's a huge multiverse and <laughs> we can, they can do whatever the heck they want, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It gives us lots of tools to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, um, 
you know, I think we, we've covered this story pretty well here. I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, you know, th so this came out five years ago and I remember seeing the solicits for it and just being like, Oh, that's going to be a good one, you know? And, um, and again, getting excited, feeling like, well, this, this is set up differently where like it's Nick Fury as the, as the watcher narrating it because there's other stories where the, the, Watu, or have you said, however the heck you say his name, you know, he narrates some of them and other ones he doesn't. Um, and, and this just, this just felt like a, you know, and, and again, there is, there's some, it's not perfect. You know, there's some stuff in there, like we, we were talking about before, and it doesn't really add up, but for the most part, I, I really enjoy this story. And I'm really glad that, uh, you know, that somebody thought of this because, it's such a cool concept. And again, that, that the curse of the what if where I'm just like, man, like I want to see more of Flash's adventures, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It was a solid read. Like it was uh, an interesting idea and they pulled some unique threads and went in some directions that I wasn't expecting it. Honestly, if anything, it just kind of fell victim to the format. So I'd love to see them revisit this in the future. And like, why not? You got, 900 spider-man books coming out every month what's one more <laughs> you know and and not only that but every couple of years there's some new spider-verse event you know exactly exactly and uh you know and it's funny when i think about um what the like across the spider-verse which again I, I love to pieces but it you know there are parts of it where it's like you know miles is being chased by like the 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 melted popsicle spider-man Right. Uh -huh. And and then like the T-Rex the Spider-Man. And it's like, OK, some of that's all well and good. But, you know, there's there are human Spider-Man out there that you can use. And, um, uh, and maybe one day we'll get to, we'll get to see this this character come back. I, I would be um, I'd be all for it because I it, it, it felt like the story was just beginning, ironically, with his arrest at the end. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, there's still lots of runway and that's some pretty fertile storytelling ground to kind of go from with that arrest. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, what does, like I said, does, does he go to prison? Does, uh, does he go to trial, but you know, he doesn't have to go to jail. Um, it, you know, I think that there's, there's stories that can be done there. Um, and, and see you know, how, how does this flash react to the symbiote when it comes to him or, you know, or if it doesn't come to him, you know, because, the other thing that isn't tackled in this is all the other Marvel heroes. You know, this is strictly Spider-Man stuff, um, mm -hmm. which is totally fine um, as it should be. Um, but there's a little bit of like, well, I wonder how Captain America looks at him and how Flash would feel about that because, you know, because he idolizes Captain America, you know? Yeah. So, But maybe one day we'll know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Like I said, there's lots to play with if they ever choose to go back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carlos, this has been such a blast. I'm, I'm so glad we got we got to do this and we got to talk, you know, uh, these, you know, this, the wild what if stuff. And with, like I said, with your guy, Flash Thompson, you know, so like I said, I was like, oh, man, I want to talk about the story. And there's only one person I want to talk about it with. And Zeddy said no. So I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, but no, I was like, nuts. Um, and, you know, any excuse to talk to you is a is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. I I love being here. It's always a good time, and yeah, I'm honored that uh, 
your first thought uh, when you read something with Flash Thompson that you want to cover on the show uh, comes to me. So I uh, will happily embrace that. <laughs> we'll, uh, you know, we'll definitely keep you in mind for future stuff because there's plenty of uh, Flash Thompson to go around. You know, he's uh, the savior of the universe. Oh, wait, no, it's Flash Gordon. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> uh, something like that. Um, but anyway, Carlos, if people are out there in the uh, interwebs looking for you, where can they find you? Uh, you know what? Just at Canadian Cape Crusader. So CDN Cape Crusader uh, on Twitter is kind of where I spend most of my time online. So, yeah, hit me up there. And, yeah, if you want to chat comics or things of that nature, um, I'm sure we could be pals. Oh, yeah. Uh, this guy's really easy to be friends with. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for me, you can find me at Spider-Man Books on Twitter. Uh, you can also email me, SpidermanBookClub at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow my personal account, which is uh, at 4ComicJunkies. That's F-O-R Comic Junkies, uh, as well as that podcast, which Carlos has been on. Um and uh, please uh, write a review, subscribe, get those uh, get those buds in ears, as we like to say. And always remember that with great power comes great responsibility. So don't be punching little nerds in the head because their heads are just going to explode. And that's gross. Nobody wants to see that. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah. And anyway, you know, whatever. Excelsior or something, I guess. Maybe something different because it's what if. Eh, we'll stick with Excelsior. Yeah, you too.